this morning, the 15th chapter this morning of the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 15, and uh, we'll stand for the reading of the Word of God uh, this morning. Page 89 in the Schofield Bible. We'll begin our reading in verse 22 this morning. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they had came to Myra, they could not drink of the waters of Myra, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Myra. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statues, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water. There, you can be seated. Our fathers, we come to you, Lord, this morning. Uh, Father, we come in Jesus' name, and we come acknowledging this morning uh, Lord, the uh, need today of God's church today. And uh, Lord, as we come to Thee, Lord, we realize that, that Lord, You love the church and You gave Yourself for it. And we know, Lord, that uh, never ever would You ever forget about the church. We know that You bought it and paid for it with Your precious blood. And uh, Lord, we know that You're coming back for Your church uh, Father, and somewhere out in the future, maybe today, uh, the Lord is coming back for His church. And Lord, we know if there's ever a time that God's people needed encouragement from the Word of God, it's in our day, it's now. And we ask the Lord to speak to us from His Word, something that we could hide in our heart and carry out and take home with us and keep it there, Lord, as, a, uh, as something we would have, Lord, to think about, meditate on, and even to pull out and use as a sword when the devil might come against us. Uh, Father, we thank you for all these that have made an effort today to come out to the house of the Lord. We pray for all those, Lord, that may be listening by mechanical means today. And uh, we thank you, Lord, that even in a day of a lot of evil inventions, uh, we're glad that some of them we can use for God's glory to get His Word out in these last days. Now, Father, I ask you to forgive me of my sin today. I ask you to anoint me, Lord, and pray, anoint my spirit today. Lord, refresh my mind today. Give me liberty today and the words to say that you'd have me to say this morning. We pray for the lost that are here or those that may be out yonder somewhere listening. We pray for the lost that they get under conviction and realize their need to get saved. And we pray for God's church and we pray you'd encourage your people 
Uh, we pray you'd deal with those that have drifted far away from God and are somewhere down in the far country that they might come to themselves today. Now, Father, we ask these favors today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we look here today in what we've read before we get into it this morning. I want us to remember a couple of places in the Word of God. One of them is Romans 15 and verse 4, where the Bible said, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Uh, the other one is uh, somewhat like it, written by the same man. And it says, Now all these things happened unto them for ensamples or examples, and they are written for our admonishment upon whom the ends of the world are come. And so we need to realize that every time we read in the Old Testament, every time we read what's happened back there in the uh, books of the Old Testament, we need to remember that God said what happened to them back there was for our learning up here. Uh, we need to realize that all the things that we read about in the Old Testament, the stories about the patriarchs of old, that what happened unto them, for an example, they are written for our admonishment on whom the ends of the world have come. Now, when we look at this story here that I've read in the Word of God today, uh, it tells us something that uh, we probably know, but we might need to be reminded of it this morning. And if we had read all the chapter which makes up the story, if we had read it all, we'd find out that the first part of the chapter was a lot different than the last part. In the first part of the chapter, they have been delivered. And uh, they are excited. They are praising God. Verse 20 said that Mary and Moses' sister, that uh, she's got a, a, a tremble in her hand and all the other women have and they're playing these and they're dancing and they're giving the Lord praise and honor and glory. And, uh, and she's, uh, Myra is encouraging all the other women to sing unto the Lord in verse 21. And they talk about His triumph and how glorious and as we've just heard, how great that He is. Uh, uh, but then we only drop down a few verses there and we find out that all the situation has changed. And uh, what this tells us today makes up my text this morning that I want to preach about for a little while. And uh, this gives us the truth uh, of life's bitter sweet. Did you know that life is bitter sweet? Uh, we find in the first part of this chapter that life is very sweet. We find out in the latter part of this chapter that life is very bitter. We read over in Revelations chapter 10 when God gives John the little book and we could argue about what that little book might be, but that little book is a whole lot like the Bible. And, uh, and one thing he says, God says, I want you to take that little book and God said, I want you to eat it. And God said that when you eat it, he said when it gets down into your stomach, uh, he said it's going to be sweet as honey but he said it's also going to be bitter. And you know our problem in America is uh, that we've been programmed to believe that all of life is supposed to be sweet. And uh, whenever any bitterness comes into our life, we're not able 
to handle it. We don't know how to react against, against that. Part of that is because that we've been blessed so much in our country. Not to say that we hadn't had things happen in the past. We have. Uh, uh, but for the most part, compared to the rest of the world, uh, uh, we're probably as blessed as any nation in the world. And uh, we have been blessed uh, so much. God has provided our needs. We live better. We eat better. Uh, we dress better. We have the better of all things. Uh, and uh, most of us have grow, grew up in our generation. Uh, and for us, that uh, we could say uh, how sweet it is. Amen. Uh, how sweet that it's been. But we realize from the Bible that God, He does His best to try to warn us, try to tell us uh, that life's not all that way. Uh, that life is made up of a bitter sweet. Amen. And uh, it's made up that way for a purpose. One, without the bitter, you'll never appreciate the sweet. Amen. And with only the sweet, you'll never understand what it is for some people to go through the bitter. And uh, so we look here in this story and God puts it together for us in the happenings of this church in the wilderness. Uh, how that... Uh, God has just delivered them from bondage, long years of bondage, hard bondage, uh, hard taskmasters. God uh, has delivered them from that. Uh, and now they're coming out and they're making their way out and uh, they're rejoicing over what God has done. And uh, it's pretty easy for us uh, to rejoice over what God has done uh, when what God has done has been the sweet. Uh, but when we uh, go back the other way and we realize that the same God that makes the sweet also makes the bitter, uh, sometimes we're not as easy to be thankful and to give praise uh, uh, when we get in that bitter time. Amen. And so when we look here, I want to give you three things this morning for the Lord to help me today about life's bittersweet. Uh, when we look here in this story, uh, we see what Job said so long ago. There's probably not a person in this room that's of any age that has been around church and has been around preaching. They might not know all the Bible, uh, uh, but there's a few things in there they'll know. And one of the things that they'll know is what Job said in Job 14 uh, and verse 1. Job said, man that is born of a woman. I don't know of any other kind. Do you? The Bible said man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Now don't make it say what it don't say. It didn't say man is born of a woman is a few days and it's all trouble. That's not what he said. He said man that is born of woman is a few days and those few days are full of trouble. In other words, there's some bitter among those few days. Uh, uh, but we have to realize also that the verse is also saying there's some sweetness uh, among those few days. Uh, when we look at the life of Job and the first thing we think about when we hear about Job uh, is the balls, uh, is the loss of ten children in one day, is the loss of all of his prosperity, is balls from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Uh, uh, we're made to think about the bitterness uh, that Job encountered. Uh, 
Uh, but when we go to chapter 1 down to where God begins his conversation with the devil uh, we find that Job is blessed with ten children uh, uh, we find that Job is blessed uh, with a good wife uh, although the devil got in her a little bit but the devil will get in any good wife a little bit every now and then amen uh, and uh, she was a good woman God blessed her he had a lot of sheep he had a lot of camels uh, uh, he was the richest man in the East. Uh, I mean that if anybody ever had a sweet life, uh, Job had a sweet life uh, until the bitterness come in. Amen. Uh, but you know what, Job? Uh, he teaches us that we're not just to thank God for the uh, sweetness of life, but we're to thank God for the bitterness of life. Uh, uh, the Bible said that when the, uh, they came and they gave the reports one right after the other to Job, uh, and when they left, he was left without anything other than his, li his life uh, and his wife. Uh, and Job said, The Lord giveth, uh, and the Lord uh, uh, taketh away. Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, and the Bible said in all of this, uh, uh, Job sinned not. Uh, uh, Job told his wife when she came, uh, uh, she said, why don't you keep your integrity? Why don't you just curse God? Why don't you die? And Job said, you talk like one of the foolish women. Uh, uh, he said, have not we received uh, sweet at the hand of the Lord? Uh, and shall we not receive bitter at the hand of the Lord? Uh, and so life is made up of a sweet uh, uh, and a bitter. Now, uh, I want us to look here. And what we have here is we have, uh, uh, we have the way that life is. Uh, uh, we have the course of life. We have the race of life. Uh, uh, we have the, if you will, the track of life. Uh, is what we have here. It's a reality. Amen. Uh, uh, you see that we that are all that are saved, uh, and even those that are not saved, uh, uh, we are all in the race of life. Uh, uh, amen. Uh, uh, some call it a human race. Some call it a rat race. Uh, uh, but whatever you want to call it, it is the race of life. Uh, the Bible said for us that are born again and saved and children of God, uh, uh, the Bible said in Hebrews 12, uh, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses, uh, uh, let us lay aside every sin uh, and the weight that doeth so easily beset us uh, and let us run with patience the race uh, uh, that is set before us. Uh, and so we have a race set before us. Uh, the Bible said, Paul said in the second Timothy 4, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I, I have finished my course. In other words, he's talking about the track of life. I want you to know this morning that life has two lanes. Amen. One of those lanes is sweet. And we like to travel in that sweet lane. But every now and then by the divine hand of God, we are motioned over. We are led over. We are waved over into the bitter lane of life. Amen. Life has two lanes. They run side by side each other. And we are constantly either in that lane of sweetness or we've crossed over in that lane of bitterness looking for a place to pass so we can get back over in the other lane of sweetness. Amen. Well, I want you to notice something here. The Bible said in our reading, 
uh, the Bible said in verse 22, so Moses uh, brought Israel, uh, and we say there it is, Moses led them to where they are. Uh, uh, Moses led them to this uh, place where they are. No, sir, uh, uh, the Bible says that there that Moses led them, uh, but there's somebody leading Moses. Uh, uh, the Bible said in Psalms 107 and verse 7, the Bible said that he, talking about God, uh, it said, but he uh, led them by the right way. Uh, uh, did you know God can never lead any other way uh, uh, but by the right way? Uh, uh, it may seem like uh, uh, God's not in it, that God don't know what he's doing. God's got us over here uh, uh, in the bitter lane of life. Uh, uh, but the truth is, if you're a child of God, I believe this Bible teaches it. I can't explain it all. I can't make it make sense when you cross over into the bitter lane. I, I don't have all the answers, uh, but as much as I believe anything, uh, I believe that God's hand is in control of the child of God. Uh, I believe He leadeth me. Uh, oh, blessed thou. Amen. I believe He leads us uh, in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Uh, and sometimes to get in that path path of righteousness uh, it involves crossing over uh, into the bitter lane of life amen uh, uh, Moses is the leader uh, let me say this uh, uh, the lanes can change mighty fast friend uh, uh, can't they amen we read here in verse 20 and Miriam the prophetess the sister of Aaron took a tremble went out after her with, with trembles and with dances and Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Skip one verse and the song is changed. In verse 23, the Bible said, And when they came to Myra, they could not drink of the water of Myra, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Myra. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? I want you to know in the course of one verse uh, that we went from singing, uh, uh, we went from dancing, uh, uh, one verse between them, we go to complaining uh, and blaming and griping uh, and wondering what in the world uh, is going on in our life. Where is God? Uh, uh, who is this Moses that let us out? Uh, what in the world is uh, uh, going on? Well, the lanes change pretty fast, neighbor. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, they can change in an hour. They can change in a week. They can change in a day. Uh, I, I never will forget this. Years ago, when they had to drive through over behind the old police station, I went through there. I banked there. And I went through there. And, uh, and Kay uh, Davis uh, was sold then, but Kay Davis worked the, uh, the teller window there. And as I pulled in, uh, me and Kay talked. She asked me how my family was. I, I asked her how her family was. Both families were great. Uh, everything was going good. Uh, I drove from the bank uh, uh, to where I lived uh, on the Roseville Road. And from the time of driving three miles, uh, uh, the phone rung uh, and her youngest son Josh uh, had just fell dead uh, in the hallway of the school uh, at Barron County uh, and there in one moment life was sweet uh, uh, but in the course of a three mile drive uh, life had turned bitter amen uh, 
I want you to know, neighbor, the lanes can change fast. Uh, the problems with Christians in America, uh, the problem with, uh, with churches in America, as we've been programmed to believe, that uh, uh, all the way the trip's going to be sweet. Uh, amen. Uh, uh, we got false prophets that tell us uh, uh, that if we get sick, uh, uh, that if anything happens, uh, I've seen, uh, seen the false prophet fake preacher, fake healer, uh, Kenneth Copeland, I've I seen him on TV the first week uh, of coronavirus. Uh, he was preaching to an empty auditorium uh, and uh, he was commanding COVID to leave. Uh, uh, he gave a big breath and said he blowed it out into the sea. Uh, I ain't seen him since. Amen. Uh, uh, no, sir, I hadn't seen him at all. You say, why? Because you can command all you want to command. Uh, uh, you can blow to you don't have any life in you. Uh, uh, but the truth of the neighbor is uh, uh, we're cursed. Uh, uh, this world's cursed. Uh, we live in a cursed world. Uh, and the best way to explain this world uh, is the same way with your body. You say, what do you mean? Your body's under curse. Uh, uh, it's going to get sick. Why? Jesus never got sick. You say, Why? He didn't have this sinful nature you and I got. Can't find anywhere where Jesus ever got sick. You say, well, he died. Yeah, but that was after he took on our sins. And the Bible said he bore our sins and our sorrows and our sicknesses on the cross. Amen. But I want you to know, just like your body, the best you take care of it, eat right, do right, stay right, Go to the right places. Go to the doctor regularly. I do blood work. Do blood checks. Do everything you can do. Uh, but your body and my body still has a curse on it. Uh, we're going to eventually get sick. Do everything you can to keep from it. But we're going to eventually get sick. You say, why? Because our bodies they are under a curse. And you know why we have COVID in the world? Why we have hurricanes and tornadoes and things like that in the world because this world is under a curse. And things are going to happen because this world is under a curse. Amen. The Bible said the ground was cursed for Adam's sake. Uh, we look at all this and we realize the lanes, neighbor, they can change fast. But we get a lesson out of this. God's trying to teach us something. Look over in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I want you to read this with me. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, down through about verse 6. And again, Moses talking. And he said, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee forty years. In other words, God led them in the wilderness. And God led them around in the wilderness. All Moses was doing was following God. And he said, I've let you do this for 40 years, underline it, to humble thee. You know why sometimes we go over into the bitter lane? Uh, uh, you know why sometimes life has to get bitter? Because we have a tendency to be proud. We're that much like the devil. 
We have to work at it, and if we didn't, why did God say, humble yourself? And if that wasn't enough, why did God say, if you don't humble yourself, I'll humble you? You see, God loves humbleness. God hates pride. Amen. And God lets things happen, the bitterness of life. God lets it happen in our life to humble us. To humble us. He said right there in His Word He did. And He said to prove thee and to know thee. If all we ever had was the sweetness of life, we wouldn't really know, like Brother Mark said this morning, we wouldn't really know what was in us. But God lets us cross over into the bitter lane from the sweet lane because God knows how we do over here in the sweet lane. We all do pretty good over there. Amen. We don't have any problem praising God. We don't have any problems at all thanking God. We don't have any problems over there. But God said, all right. He said, life is easy upon the mountain. But let's see how it gets when you get down in the valley. God lets us cross over into that bitter lane uh, and God does that to prove us. Uh, I never have believed. Maybe I'm wrong. If I am, uh, I pray the Lord has shown me or let somebody else show me. But I never have believed uh, that we have to show God anything. I believe, just like Brother Mark said this morning, when God asked Adam where he was, uh, it wasn't because uh, God didn't know where he was. Uh, but he asked Adam that because he wanted Adam to see where he was. Uh, and God lets us get over into that bitter lane of life uh, uh, that he might prove us that we might see what we really are. Uh, and what you're going to find out is uh, over here in the sweet lane you got faith this high but over there in the bitter lane you may have trouble mustering up any. Amen. Uh, uh, God allows these things to happen to prove us. Uh, keep reading there. He said uh, to know what was in your heart. You don't know what's in your heart. Somebody said, well I'm just trusting my heart. Don't do that. Because the heart is deceitful, desperately wicked. You say, well, I know what I'd do. You know what you'd do in the sweet lane. But you don't know what you'd do in the bitter lane. you got to get in that before you know what you'd do. People say, I'd die for the Lord. Well, maybe you would. I'm sure there's people that would. But you'll never know that over here in the sweet lane. You won't find that out till you get over there in the bitter lane. Somebody said, I'll go to jail. Well, you might over here in the sweet lane. But you might be trying to figure some way out of it over here in the bitter lane. See, God lets these things happen that we might know what was in our heart. I'll tell you one thing. What you think's in your heart today may not be what's in there tomorrow when you get over in that other lane. Keep reading. He said, uh, and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and feedeth thee with manna. Over, over here in the sweet lane, you got bread to spare. You got money in the bank. You got, a little, you got some CDs. You, you got a little money treasured up. Uh, you, you got things pretty good, but then you change over into the bitter lane uh, and uh, you lose your job. You get laid off. Your unemployment don't come in. Uh, and you know what? 
If you never got over in that lane, you'd never know how that God is able to provide your needs. God lets us go over into that lane. Why? Because we need to realize as uh, long as we got food, we ain't looking for nothing else. But when we ain't got no food, we ain't got no money, we ain't got none of these things that we have to depend on God. Uh, it's over there. It's over there in that, in that bitter lane that we see the hand of God and we learn that God is not only a Savior, God is a provider. He's able to provide. Keep reading. He said that man doeth not live by bread alone. See over here, all you think about is the physical. All you think about is your physical health, not spiritual. Over here, all you think about is the physical, tangible things that you have. But you get over here in the bitter lane... You realize that you can get to a place in life that money won't do you no good. You can get to a place in life uh, where that your health's gone. You can get to a place in life where that you realize there's more that you need than physical things. Uh, uh, you need spiritual things. Uh, he said that God will teach you that man don't live by bread alone. Uh, man don't live by just the physical bread. Uh, uh, but he said over there you learn uh, about this thing is not just body, uh, but it's body, soul, and spirit. Uh, and you need the spiritual part. You need God in your life. Uh, amen. Uh, and then look at verse 4. And he said, And your raiment wax not old uh, uh, without being in the wilderness for 40 bitter years. Uh, uh, they would have never known how that God uh, is able to make things miraculously uh, last longer if they need to. God is able to intervene. Uh, it's over there they learn about the miraculous hand of God. Uh, did you know everybody in the Old and the New Testament, blind Bartimaeus, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, uh, the young man that was born blind, uh, did you know every one of them, uh, they would have never known of the healing power of God uh, and the miraculous power of God uh, had they not been in the bitter lane of life. Amen. Uh, uh, that's where you got to go to see the miraculous hand of God. Somebody said, I'd like God to do a miracle in my life. Are you sure about that? You sure you want to get to the place where that God's got to do a miracle? It's your only hope, it's your only help. Amen. Keep reading. Look at verse 5. So the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Thou shalt also consider in thy heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Sometimes God lets us go from the sweetness of life to the bitterness of life. And the reason it's a happening is because God is a chastening us, not because He's mad at us or hates us, but whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. And the Bible said He's chased us because He loves us. And we'd never know the love of God without having to have some chastening in our life to know that we got a God that loves us enough uh, to not let us do anything and everything we want to do. We've had bus kids over the years. They love some of us around here. Say, why? Because we made them mine. 
You say, I've heard they'd, they'd hate you for that. No, you see, they actually love it. Because they feel like there's somebody in their life that cares enough to correct them. There's somebody in their life that cares how they're acting and what they're doing and where they're going. Well, we have someone in our life, our Heavenly Father, He cares enough to chasten us, correct us, uh, uh, to try to make us turn out right when this thing's all over. Amen. Uh, you see, the Bible said there, He humbles us. The Bible said He proves us. The Bible said He provides for us. The Bible said He learns us. The Bible said He amazes us. The Bible said He corrects us. Amen. You see, here's where you learn what is really important in life. All right? You won't learn what's important in life uh, by being fed with a silver spoon all your life. Uh, you won't learn what is important in life uh, by all the sweetness of every day, every moment. That's not where you'll learn it. But you know where you'll learn what's important in life uh, uh, when God switches you over uh, to the bitter lane of life. Uh, and there you learn uh, what's important in life. Uh, let me illustrate. Earthquakes, catastrophes, COVID, all these things. You know, when uh, Katrina was, was coming through and all the deaths, all the devastation, all the lost. And I, like you, watched a lot of it on the uh, news channels. And Brother Mark, of all the times I watched it, and there's quite a bit, I never seen one person standing there amidst the runs and saying, oh me, I, I lost my smart TV. I never heard one person say, oh me, I, I've lost uh, my SUV. I, I've never heard no one say, oh me, I, I've lost my house. I've lost all my belongings. You say, what did they say, Brother Rick? They said things like this. If they were mourning, they were mourning not because they lost their smartphone. They were mourning because they lost their child. They lost a life. And if they were rejoicing, they were rejoicing because their life was spared. And I can't tell you how many of them I heard tell news reporters, well, at least we still got our life. You know what they learned? They learn over there in that bitter lane what's really important. What's really important is flesh and blood. What's, what's really important, the two greatest things that God could ever bless you with is not money, not materialism, uh, not being rich. The two greatest things that God could ever bless you with is decent health and salvation and not in that order. If you got your health today, you ought to praise God. If you're saved today, you always got something to praise God for. Amen. Uh, uh, you see, nobody was concerned about their TV, their golf clubs. Uh, they were not concerned about their guns. They were not concerned about their CDs. The only thing they were concerned about was flesh and blood. Their family, their life, their loved ones. Uh, that's what we learn in the bitter, bitter lane. Amen. So sometimes life is bitter. And there's a tragedy to that. 
You say, what's the tragedy? Verse 24, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? We're nice, polite, kind, in the sweet lane. But over in the bitter lane, we sometimes, the tragedy is, we sometimes don't act like we ought to act. Very few of us, if any, act like Job and really mean it in our heart. Job said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And he fell down and he worshiped God. Not many of us act that way. Most of us react the wrong way. Most of us act like they act here. Most of us say, Where's God at? Where's this God of love we've been hearing about? Where's this God of power we've been hearing about? Where's God at? Why don't God do something? He is doing something. He's letting us go through the bitter lane. You say, why do we act that way, Brother Rick? Verse 19. For the horses of Pharaoh went in with the chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry ground in the midst of the sea. That's what God did for them. But you know what happened down in verse 23? They forgot what God did for them. And we, as human beings, are the worst people to forget. You say, why do you say that, Brother Rick? Well, why do you think God wrote four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and said the same thing? Why didn't He just give us one? Because He knew we'd forget and forget and forget and forget. Why did God give us old leather-lung preachers that stand up Sunday after Sunday if they've been here long as I have, 40 years? Why does He give us an old leather-lung preacher that stands up and says the same thing Sunday after Sunday? And you know the sermons so well, if I got sick, you could preach it. Why does God do that? I'll tell you why God does that. Because a great preacher said uh, uh, that the prop, that the job of every preacher is to constantly remind people what they constantly forget. I never tell you anything you don't know. I just tell you things you forgot. We act that way because we forget how good that God was to us over here in the sweet time. Forget about it. And then, as, as Brother Mark was talking about this morning, because we all are flesh. And flesh is flesh. And because they were flesh, flesh got thirsty. And flesh, uh, they done forgot about the manna from heaven, the miracle of manna. They done forgot that because the flesh was thirsty. The flesh wanted some things and it wants it right now. I mean those the flesh don't want to ever want to wait. Why does God tell us to, uh, to why does God tell us to cultivate patience? Why does God put us over on the bitter lane? Because patience, tribulation, work of patience, and patience works hope. See, when you get over there in the bitter lane, 
You can't snap your fingers and make everything better. You can't blow the coronavirus away. You can't command it to go nowhere. All you can do is wait on God. You say, what we're learning, we're learning some patience. Somebody said, preacher, will you tell me how I can learn patience? I said, I sure will. Wait on it. It's the only way to get it. Wait on it. And why do we act that way? We forget our we got this flesh to contend with. And it always has to do with this faith thing. This faith factor. You see, even though they had faith in the God that let them out and delivered them, now they've switched over into this bitter lane of life and now they don't have any faith. They're like those disciples in the storm. It was wonderful on the shore when they were walking with Jesus and feeding the thousands and, and sitting in the mountain listening to Bible teaching. It was wonderful. But in Mark 4, they got in that boat. Give you two guesses. Who put them there and one won't count? The Lord put them there. The Lord directed them. And the Lord said, you're going over to the other side. But what the Lord didn't say you're going through a bunch of stuff before you get there. Amen. And you know, they got upset. They panicked. They about lost their minds. They thought they were going to perish. They thought, they thought, can you believe this? They thought God didn't even care. I wonder how many Christians maybe would have never verbally expressed it, but have looked out at this COVID thing and say, God, don't you even care? You know, the Lord never did rebuke them for any of that. Only thing the Lord ever rebuked them for, He didn't even rebuke them for having too little faith. He rebuked them for one thing, because they had no faith. Read it to yourself. It's right there in Mark 4 and 40. The Lord said, why is it you have no faith? With all they'd already seen. That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy of life's bittersweet. But now let me give you lastly life's truth. Exodus fifteen twenty five, and he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Oh, that's what we want. That's what we're wanting to get back to. Now, in closing, we see three truths. About life's bittersweet. Three truths when life turns bitter. First thing, try to turn your Bible. And he cried unto the Lord. First thing to do when life turns bitter, get you somewhere and get down on your knees and cry. To the Lord. Not just cry, but cry to the Lord. And be careful what you cry. Sometimes instead of praying for God to get rid of 
Whatever makes life bitter, sometimes we need to pray, God help me learn fast what you're trying to teach me so that this thing can go on. See, the quicker I learn it, the quicker it goes on. He cried unto the Lord. Isn't it amazing how he said he cried unto the Lord and two words and the Lord comes on the scene. He cried unto the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. Aren't you glad that when we get earnest and humble and broken and really cry to the Lord, it don't take him two weeks to answer us. Aren't you glad that God don't, don't say come back in a month or come back in two months? But when we get earnest and cry unto the Lord, you know what the Lord done? He showed him a tree. Right there it is. That's the answer to the bitter waters. There ain't no magic formula. There ain't no super duper Holy Ghost tongue talking evangelist. But there's answer. When he cried unto the Lord, the Lord showed him a tree. First thing, when life's waters turn bitter, call on the Lord. Cry unto the Lord. The second thing, come to the cross. Come to the cross. God is forevermore trying to keep us near the cross. God is forevermore trying to get us to focus on what happened on the cross. The cross is the answer to the bitter waters of life. The cross. He showed him a tree. Number three. He cast it into the bitterness. God showed him a tree. And he cast it. <laughs> he cast it into the bitterness. <laughs> you say, what happened? The Bible said that when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Cry to the Lord. Come to the cross. Cast the cross in the bitter parts of your life and it will become sweet. You say, what do you mean? Let me tell you something. Death. There's been a lot of death. Probably going to be a lot more death. Death's a bitter water. Death for humanity is about as bitter as it gets. To lose a husband, a wife, a loved one, a child, a grandparent, Life is a bitter part of life. But if you have called to the Lord, you have come to the cross, you can cast the cross in the bitterness of death and that which is bitter becomes somewhat sweet. You say, what do you mean, Miss Linda there? I seen a picture on a white did I seen a picture of Brother Chuck just come up on my phone this morning. It was bitter, bitter, bitter part of life, 
when he got Alzheimer's bitter part of life when he died. But think about what it had been like if they hadn't had that cross to cast in there. While death, while death says death, throw that cross in there and it says deliverance. Water becomes sweet. Sin is bitter. Oh, the bitterness of sin. The the fruit of it. The results of it. The wages of it. How bitter sin is. But fall the cross in there. And that bitterness of sin becomes salvation. The wages pass and the debt is paid. And your, your chart is wiped clean. Think about the penalty of sin. Going to hell. Oh, how bitter, bitter that is. Going to hell. Knowing you're going to hell. But oh, the sweetness. When you throw that tree in there and there's pardon. There's pardon. You don't have to go. Oh, the bitterness of guilt. Dealing with guilt. Dealing with sin. Dealing with doing something that that God has convicted you about. Oh, oh, how bitter the feeling of guilt. But fall that cross in there, sir. There's grace. Bitter becomes sweet. Oh, the bitterness of life's trials. But throw that cross in there. And it says you're more than conquerors through Him that loved you. And that trial becomes a triumph. Oh, the bitterness of being lost without God in this world, alone and without God in this world. But throw the cross in there. The lost becomes found. And oh, how sweet it is to know that you've been found by the Savior that's been looking for you. Amen. The pandemic is bitter. Oh, how bitter is the pandemic, the COVID, how bitter it is. But throw that cross in there. God's got a plan. God's got a plan. It started right here on page one of this book. It's somewhere probably along right in about here now somewhere. And it's going to finish up over here. God's plan is going to be completed on the last page of this book. How sweet. How sweet. So you see, life's a bittersweet thing. If for today, for you it's sweet, I'm glad, I'm happy for you. Hope it stays that way a long time for you and for me. But when life grows bitter, don't forget this message. Father, I come to you this morning. In the name of Jesus.